Welcome back to New Insight Podcast. Today I'm joined by Helen Duffy and we discuss family, creativity and faith. So we'll begin. Welcome. Would you mind telling me a bit about where you grew up, your house and neighbourhood? Right, I grew up in Bendigo and I was Uh very lucky because our house was attached to a four-storey bakery and pastry cook building and we, from the second floor, another big side thing went out and we lived in the house a bit ship. People used to say it was shaped like a boat, but it was a big house. And the other the other stories, the four stories, were bakery and pastry cook. A very old building, the bakery and pastry cook, belonged to two German bakers. I think their names oh. are still on it. They're called Frederick and Basimir. That sounds really, like, really cool. It was cool. So, <laughs> do you have any siblings? Yes, I have three. I had three siblings. I have an elder brother who died mm-hmm. at the age of fifty. I had a mm-hmm. twin brother who died at the age of sixty-two, and in the of those, uh, the twins and Morris, I've got a sister Mary. So, oh. three siblings. Did you get along well together when you were growing up? Yeah, very. I didn't know my older brother until I grew up. I I was the youngest mm. of the twins, and Morris left home when I was ten. And between three and ten, I had three big sicknesses, so I was in bed a lot of that time. And um, um, I got to know Morris very well as I grew up to be an adult. Do you? Um have any early memories or an earliest memory that you can think of? The earliest memory. Only through pictures, I think. Mm. Um, earliest memory. Not very early. Yeah. Perhaps when I was so when you... Oops. seven too old. No. My twin brother and I were very, very close because we were not expected to be twins. My mother went to the doctor the day before to ask was she having twins. There was no no scans or anything at that stage. And the doctor assured her that there was only one baby there. And so I said I was causing no trouble. (laughs) And the next morning she... She went to hospital the next minute she had two twins. And so she had four children under four, under under six, four under six. (laughs) That must have been a handful. (laughs) It was a bit of a shock to the whole family, I think. My Mm. sister came home from school at lunchtime. She went to school at four and a half to help mum, I suppose, and came home from school to have lunch. And Dad was upstairs from the bakery where Mum was usually getting the lunch. And Dad said, "Now, if you have your, if you have your, if you have your lunch, I've got a big surprise for you after lunch." And Mary thought she was getting an ice cream, so she had a lunch and waited for the surprise. And <laughs> new baby brother and the new baby sister. And she said, "Well, they need to think they're coming to live at my house." <laughs> <laughs> so that was her four-year-old 
We still taste very bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy um, primary school when you went? I loved it, but I wasn't there a lot. I had a fairly big sickness. It was a heart sickness called rheumatic fever. And I was mm. in bed for six months at three, six months at five, and six months at ten. And then I grew out of rheumatic fever, so I was very lucky. Oh, no. So I spoiled my primary school a little bit, though it was wonderful. Our mm. great aunt taught us in prep and one and then in three and four. So my grandmother's sister, who was a, was a nun, she was a sister of mercy, and she taught us in four of our primary school years. That was a bit of fun. Yeah. What kind of chores did you do when you were that age? When I was four? I didn't do much at all because I... Oh, when you were, when you were a bit older. In primary school. Yeah. I, I was really spoiled because I wasn't... A, part of rheumatic fever was it's a big heart disease, so you weren't allowed to get excited. You weren't allowed to get overtired. I was kind of wrapped in cotton wool, I think. <laughs> mm. And my sister was a great worker, and I'd say to mum, I'm going downstairs to help dad. That was to get rid of housework. And I, <laughs> I would just get to the top of our stairs. There were 27 stairs down into the bakery. And um, there was a full-length mirror there. And that's as far as I would get. Because mum would say, well, go down and help dad as long as you do some work. That would be putting tops on cream kisses or something like that. But I'd just get to the top of the stairs and I'd dance in front of the mirror. <laughs> and I'd stay there for the next half hour. So I wasn't too keen on work. <laughs> I ended up being very creative. And they said it was because of all the stories I told to the mirror and the dancing I did in front of the mirror. But it was good fun. <laughs> Being ill so much when you were little, was it harder to, like, see your friends a lot? Or... Um, yeah, we were fairly – no, I saw my friends. We had lots of parties because Dad could bake cakes mm. and birthday cakes and – all that, so we always had school friends around for birthday parties, and but we didn't have a lot, I suppose. Of I saw them more in secondary school than primary school, I think, because mm. you had a twin brother to play with. You didn't <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. So did you, you and your twin brother? Have you always got along well? Yeah, very well. When I was um had rheumatic fever, I had to lie still in bed, which was hard for a seven-year, uh, a five-year-old and a mm. ten-year-old. And one day, Terry was going to get a smack for doing something, and he ran into my room and said, quick, Helen, yell like mad, mum's going to smack me, because I wasn't allowed to get excited. So I yelled the house down, don't you think mum was going to murder him? Don't you touch my brother, don't you touch my brother. In the end, he only got a little smack, because I had to be quite deaf. So we had a lot of fun together. And what about um, secondary school? Did you enjoy it too? I loved secondary school, yes. I, um, yes, it was the same school. I went from prep to year 12 in the one, in the one school. And um, mm. that was good. 
uh, yeah, I had a lot of good friends there. And we did, we had a lot of drama there. I was great at drama. My father, my <laughs> father's sister was a drama teacher. So from the time we were seven on, we were winning competitions for poetry all around Victoria. <laughs> and that was a wow. really rich world to be in, you know, kind of we were in the Steadfords and debating competitions and Terry used to prepare, yeah. my twin would prepare the, his debate on the fourth floor of the factory because there were flower bags up there and I'd be sitting on the flower bags on the second floor. <laughs> And we'd be competing against each other, the two schools, the boys' school and the girls' school were competing against each other with debates. Yeah, I really enjoy those things at school as well. That's something I've loved about secondary yeah. school because I've been doing debating and the school yeah, plays. Yeah, that's right. So what... Um, those were the kind of things you would do for fun. Did you have any other hobbies or things you would do with your friends? We both played tennis, so we were in tennis groups mm -hmm. together. And then our next-door neighbours, had a, they were doctors and they had a big swimming pool. And it wasn't a swimming pool open to anyone, but we could always jump over the fence and go swimming any time we wanted to. So we ended up pretty good swimmers and loved swimming because of that. Mm. It was fairly unusual in the 50s to have a swimming pool next to your house. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, did you particularly love being a certain age? Did I love being a what? A, a, certain, a certain age. age. I always wanted to be 11. And I um. loved being 11. I got the all clear for rheumatic fever when I was 10. And I think life began for me at 11. It was not mm. a teenager yet, and it wasn't a child anymore. I thought I thought eleven was a beautiful age, and I loved it. Um. So when you were younger, either primary or secondary school, did you know what you wanted to do when you were older? Yeah, I wanted or? to be an actress. It's all I wanted to do, be on the stage. Mm. And, uh, in fact, in year 11, my father used to drive me to Melbourne every Sunday for, for special drama lessons. So um, wow. that was a big trip every Sunday and back to Bendigo, another two hours both ways. Oh. But I'm glad, I'm glad um. now I'm not an actress. <laughs> I would be an actress, <laughs> but that's all I wanted to be. Mm. Why could you say why you loved acting or drama so much? I think we, because of our aunt who taught us speech and drama when we were little, we won a lot of competitions, and um, I think that sowed the seeds. And there was yeah. a big competition called I Speak for Australia and it was regional, so I won the regional prize for that and had to come to Melbourne for the finals. And I was runner-up in the finals in about year 11 again. I Speak for Australia it was a big con contest of Australia students. 
You must have been so proud. Oh, it was good fun. <laughs> um, so, um, I understand you're with the Sisters of Mercy mm-hmm. now. When did you join? Three weeks before I was 18. <laughs> Because my father went to the police to see if I could get my license before I joined the convent, and they said no. (laughs) But I could. (laughs) When did you um, know that's what you wanted to do, or when did Um, you decide? When I was 16, our family, this is unusual, but it was a wonderful life. (laughs) My brother was in Rome. Mm when I was 16, he was studying to be a priest and started in Melbourne and then was sent to Rome. So when I was 16, my twin brother and I and mum and dad, we went to Rome for his ordination and we had four months overseas together. And um, my father wouldn't fly, so we had to go by boat. (laughs) That was a month on the water. (laughs) But that was fun. And I think that experience of seeing the world and having every opportunity mm. there. I came home and I, my sister by that stage had, was a nun. <laughs> so it was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a shock to mum and dad. Yeah. It was great for us. I had to really decide, was I just <laughs> following the two eldest or did I really want to do this? And I was sure I was called mm. to do it. So I just had to give it a good try. And now 60 years later, I'm still there. <laughs> And loving it. That's a wonderful story. So, growing up, were your parents quite um, faithful? Yeah, they were, but it was a broad family thing. They, that mum and dad met through mm. singing and drama, so we we had a great world of a lot of faith. But our, we never mm. came to Melbourne without going and seeing a play on the way home. I mean, that wasn't my weekly trip. Oh. We had to come once a month to visit our brother or to visit our sister. We accidentally, Dad would just find himself in the theatre on the way home and we'd say, what are we doing? And he'd say, oh, we might go and see this play. So we saw, saw oh. lots of good theatre um, productions. And then when I was mm. 10, mum and dad were invited to go to 25 miles outside Bendigo to a function and the children weren't invited, which is a bit unusual. So we, our mum's cousin looked after us. But by the time they got home, our house was burnt to the ground. We didn't have a handkerchief to stand up with. Not a thing. We didn't save anything. In July of 19, oh, no. I don't know what year it was, about 1950-something, 50 55 perhaps. And we didn't save anything. And I was How 10, old were you? Just out of hospital and my brother, oh, which we were standing, my sister was 15. And we came home with our cousin because we were having, I think, 18 of my eldest brother's friends coming for dinner that night. <laughs> and... Oh. Because we were bakers mm. and 
we could cook anything down in the bakery and mum was a great cook so we often had hospitality at our house and we were all we were coming home to get everything ready for the visitors mum had prepared it all but I remember we had to get get bananas to put on the fruit salad because dad had made big pavlova cases and we had to get bananas because and mum said don't put them on too soon because they'll go brown and my twin brother had to light the fireplace, which he did. It was all set. He just lit it. And then they decided they'd left something behind in the fruit shop, which we bought on the way home. So my twin and I got on our bikes and we went back to the fruit shop to get what we left behind. When we got home, my sister and my mum's cousin were downstairs looking up. We said, what's wrong? And they said, oh, we thought the chimney was on fire, but it, no, look, it's quite normal. Well, that's good. So we laughed and talked, and then we all went upstairs, and we could hear the roar of the fire. It was locked, it was locked inside oh. the chimney, inside the roof. You oh. couldn't see it from outside or inside. Mm. It had one red line right along the, the lantern wall. And we rang the fire brigade that brought a fire cart down that was too small to reach up, and they had to go back and get a second brigade. By the time my parents came home, there were 2,000 people in our street watching our house go up in. We didn't save anything. We just stood downstairs and watched it. That's all we could do. But they saved the bakery, which was a big thing in one way. So what happened after that? Where did you stay? We stayed at the doctor's house next door. They were friends of ours. Not close friends, but they were always great neighbours. We stayed with Mm. them that night. And Dad and another person who worked, we had 21 staff. So one of those staff just shuffled everything out onto a cordon street the next day. And at four o'clock, Dad came home and said to Mummy, you're ready. And she said, what am I ready for? He said, we've got tickets tonight for a big concert in Melbourne. (laughs) Oh, we're not going to Melbourne. (laughs) What else would we do? You've got what you wore yesterday and I've got my suit. Why wouldn't we go? So they went down <laughs> and um, went to a great, great um, concert in Melbourne. And the semi-finals, oh, you might, I don't know if you've heard of it, but every year in Melbourne they have a, a singing contest called the Sunaria. And um, the semi-finals mm. used to be in Bendigo. And my mother was a great pianist, so they'd come to our house for their rehearsals. And mum would say I picked the winner you know she'd pretend she knew the winner and then mum and dad were always given seats at the Melbourne Town Hall for the finals every year so they sat in the Melbourne Town Hall had nothing else but what they stood up in (laughs) and mum came home the next day and bought us a skirt each and a some a uniform kind of a uniform that we had and we went boarding at the local school where we were at school but we'd come home every weekend just to drive in a car somewhere. We didn't have a home at that stage. But they rebuilt the house and we were in a new house in about eight or nine months. So that was a little hiccup oh. in our lives, but we still talk about before the fire or after the fire. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah, losing <laughs> everything. I lost my my walking doll was my big loss at the age of 10. <laughs> and my my sister had pinched a, a book from the 
she was head prefect at the school and she'd pitched the book off the shelf that you were never allowed to take home. So she was in much bigger trouble than I was. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, throughout secondary school, did you have a favourite class or subject or teacher um, or anything? I had a couple of favourite yeah. teachers. Yeah. But my my favourite class would have been English and literature. Um, mm -hmm. History I liked, but I English English is definitely lovely. my favourite class too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think mainly just because That's I've right. loved reading. In fact, your primary school um, principal was mm -hmm. in, was about a, two years mm -hmm. behind me at school, Faye. <laughs> oh, and her big sister yeah. was one year ahead of me. <laughs> so we knew Faye and Margot very well. Oh. They were boarders at our school and I was a day scholar, so we used to bring them up some good cakes or bread when we could. <laughs> um, what was it like when you first became a nun? What it is now. <laughs> yeah, well, because yeah. I wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to join the convent. I had. We have first three years is just kind of seeing as that the what you really want is it what we call a calling. You don't do it without kind mm. of getting a nudge from God. <laughs> and we had three years before we had to decide yeah. anything and lots of people came and left in that time and um, I hung in and I was very happy. And then um, after that I did teacher training, did my B.Ed. And I used to think because we don't choose where we go. Once we're a nun, we're, we're sent. So I thought, well, they won't send me to Bendigo mm -hmm. anyhow. So I used to lie in bed and think, where will they send me? And go all around Victoria and Tasmania. And blow me down, they sent me to Bendigo to teach 105 preps. <laughs> 105 really? preps. Can you imagine oh. that was in 1965? Now you have to have 25, I think, in the class. So those... Those, those children had oh, lots, lots of singing. <laughs> I oh. hope I taught them something. I meet a couple of them now. I know a couple of them still. Do. Really? I love. Did you enjoy I teaching? Mm. I, I only taught for about, yeah. I suppose, about eight years. And then I was asked, would I go overseas and study a bit more? So that was a good experience. I went to Ireland for 12 months and I, and I studied religious education wow. um, for teachers. Mm -hmm. It was just after what we call Vatican II. Vatican II was a big high point in the church, in the Catholic Church, and a lot of changes came. Like after Vatican II, 
lots of new things happened in the church and the way you taught religion and what religion was about. So I went to a college in Ireland, at the north of Ireland, with students from 40 countries around the world. That was a lot of fun. And um, I was there for 12 months, and my job was to come home and to help. A lot of sisters were leaving the classroom then, and teachers, lay teachers were going into the school. So my job was to go around the schools and help the lay teachers. But when I got to the airport, I heard them say, I don't think she knows. And I said, what am I supposed to know? And I ended up going to the teacher's college, teaching those who are just out of school to be teachers. And I just loved it. I had five years there. And then I went to the Catholic Education Office. Had another five years there. Then I went to the Catholic Education Office in Geelong. And then back to Melbourne Catholic Education Office. So my life. Many, many years was in that adult education, and that's the world I just loved. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did you enjoy travelling to Ireland? Mm. Mm. I imagine you've made many... Close friends yeah, and some of them still keep connected. in touch, and I've been back overseas twice since. And um, uh, I mean, I never dreamt when I entered the combat I'd be going overseas three times, but I've just loved it mm. and um, had lots of opportunities. Mm. So do you think that um, your work has brought you a lot of purpose or meaning? Yeah, I think it has. Or happiness? I don't think I've ever, ever been miserable. Yeah. In, um, as I got older, I had, again, another mm-hmm. couple. I had ovarian cancer in about, oh, I don't know, about 30 years ago now. And then I had to slow down a little bit. So I went and worked in parishes. And um, I worked in Corio, and then I worked in Brunswick. And in Brunswick, I had a children's choir that I just loved, and I'm very in touch still with a lot of those youngsters. They're married oh. now. They've got their own families. But they were a very talented group of mostly Italian youngsters, but they could do anything. <laughs> so that was a rich experience. And then I it was after that I got the ovarian yeah. cancer and I heard the other day one in ten women die with ovarian cancer, but I was lucky enough to come through it. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, do you think part of you said you've never been miserable and oh, I've been, ever? Been miserable. <laughs> Because I had a um, but not in yeah. Two thousand. Oh, I think all my siblings dying. Like my eldest brother died at fifty of a big mm. heart disease. My twin brother died at sixty-two. My father died on his sixty-fourth birthday, but our mother lived to ninety-four. So <laughs> I'm chasing our mother now.
And I imagine that faith would have helped a lot with those through those stage. harder experiences. You say of faith. I I imagine <laughs> faith sure would have helped a lot. It was our faith. So there's some dark places, but that still is yeah. faith. Yeah. At least the faith comes through. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of love, you know. My twin and my elder sister were very kind to me and the sisters were very kind to me at that stage. I've had another cancer since I had lymphoma. So two cancers and a stroke and I'm still <laughs> as fit as – not fit, I'm paralysed down one side. But but I worked too hard. That's why I had the stroke. I was out nearly every night giving talks and I loved it. <laughs> but I learned in my old age to slow oh. down. <laughs> So the case yeah. was not too hard for me because I had to mm. learn that a few years ago to slow down, and, which I enjoyed. Mm. It's amazing how you've come through all of those illnesses. And... <laughs> um, can you think of an important lesson that comes to you that you might have received from your parents or mm-hmm. a teacher you've had or mentor? Uh, I think. Oh, there's a phone ring. Just a sec. I'll just turn this off. Just a sec. No worries. I'm sorry, um, a lesson I learned from my parents. I think from my father I learned <laughs> oh, just a beautiful life, beautiful mind and a very creative man. He was decorate wedding cakes and and birthday mm-hmm. cakes and, and managed his staff well, loved the bakery and was a very happy place to be. You'd wake up every morning to the smell of bread. That <laughs> You'd hear the machines stirring the dough. That was a lovely way to wake up. And and he, I suppose my parents were pretty present to us and we were present to them because Dad didn't have to go out to work. He was downstairs mm. working and Mum was upstairs preparing the meals. And um, it was a very happy home. I was very lucky that way. Um, what did I learn? Oh, mum used to say, if you mm. can grizzle, there's not much wrong with you. <laughs> was one of her philosophies. So I suppose she <laughs> got on with life. <laughs> not that she wasn't sympathetic, but you'd come in, oh, I'm feeling, well, if you can grizzle, there's not too much wrong with <laughs> When we didn't grizzle, she was worried that we something might have uh, Yeah. <laughs> and they met through, mum was a pianist and dad was a great singer. So that's how they met. And um, so singing and music always filled our house. Mm. Um, so you would say family has brought you oh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of lot happiness. Of and... It's strange how three of us ended up in yeah. priesthood and it sounds like a strange family, but we couldn't mm. have had a richer life. You know, not rich in money, but rich in um, 
in, I suppose, just life itself. And mum and dad could look after, you know, looking out for those less yeah. fortunate than us and taught us that. And um, it was pretty a great place. Well, is there anything that, any advice you could give to um, other oh. kids my age, 16, any 16. <laughs> advice? I'd say live one day at a time, look after the, those less fortunate and mm -hmm. I think just kindness and and you don't have to be spectacular, you don't have to have great studies I don't think as long as you've, you're happy with what you choose and you follow your dream but I think you'll be happy if you mm. live one day at a time and accept the, the good and the not so good and be people of faith if you can strong faith because it's certainly if it's the right kind of mm. faith it can do nothing but bring you joy and happiness and in the tough times it can see you through but I don't think I can advise at my old age, sixteen-year-olds now. One day at a time. That's wonderful <laughs> advice. Oh, that's good fun. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I feel, yeah, I feel like I really learned a lot, and it was really well, lovely. Thank you so to much.